David Bond Reflections for Friday, January 28, 2022. Do something non-religious for Jesus. When the crowds came out to John for baptism, he said, You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. The crowds asked, what should we do? John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, Teacher, what should we do? He replied, Collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? asked some soldiers. John replied, Don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. That's Luke 3, 7 through 14 in the New Living Translation. An apology in advance. Please don't let this stop you from listening on. Maybe you've heard the slightly irreverent joke about the plane that was nearly about to crash land. People were yelling and screaming. Some were trying to call their loved ones. Others were paralyzed in fright. Someone finally said, well, we're all going to die. Someone do something religious. So one man got up and took up an offering. I guess that's a religious thing to do. I've been intrigued ever since it was pointed out to me that John the Baptizer doesn't tell anyone in the crowd coming to him to do something religious. He doesn't tell them to go make an offering. He doesn't tell them to go to the priest and offer a prayer. He doesn't tell them to get back to worshiping God. All these are good things. And in fact, Jesus occasionally will tell people to do those things. And all of them are appropriate. But none of those were the problem he addresses. Rather, he tells them to share their goods and possessions. He says they should be content with their pay. He directs them to do the right thing by collecting no more tax than is actually due. Tax collectors were doubly hated in those days because they not only worked for the Roman government, but they took as much extra that they could get away with and kept that extra for themselves. These are the real-life applications of the reign and rule of God in one's life. Worship, to be sure. Prayer, it's a must. Offerings, it's commanded. But John realizes that outward acts of religious righteousness can cover unbelieving hearts. The most important righteousness anyone can have is the righteousness of faith before God. That is God's gift for the sake of Jesus. It's through faith and by God's grace that we are counted righteous. Works of the law never provide the foundational and essential righteousness that avails before God. But that doesn't mean that good works are to be rejected or despised. One way to think of this is by doing our good works as we leave the cross, forgiven, redeemed, and saved. We don't do them to get to the cross. Another way to do these good things is to do them for the sake of our neighbor, not to get closer to God. 
Yet another way to think of this is to realize that there are two kinds of righteousness. The most important of these two kinds is first, an alien righteousness. It comes from Jesus and is God's gracious gift received by faith alone. It is visible only to God, but witnessed to by the way we live. This is the second kind of righteousness. How I live gives testimony to God's righteousness in me. In fact, it's not truly possible apart from God's work in me. Martin Luther writes about that, and if you do a web search on Two Kinds of Righteousness by Martin Luther, you will be able to find an excellent article about that. The devil will attack us in both ways. He'll try to lead us away from faith in him, and therefore to abandon the righteousness of Christ that saves. He will also tempt us to behave poorly toward others, whether it's motivated by or an appeal to selfishness, fear, anger, lust, or greed. Satan delights to lead us to disobey God and harm our neighbor. I'm a big fan of prayer, worship, giving, and all manner of godly religious practices. That's good. But the true evidence of that is the way I treat my neighbor. I hope that as you and I have any interactions, they will testify to God's work in my heart and the presence of Jesus' righteousness through faith by grace.